Coming up, today's guest is quickly becoming the supercell of India, generating 5 million downloads in 100 days and $1 million in revenue in less than 90 days. You'll discover how he successfully transitioned from developing games for others to creating their own, how they use a data-driven approach to product development, and finally, how one change in the user flow led to a dramatic increase in user retention. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. We all have developer horror stories, from language barriers to time zone conflicts to developing on time. That's why I recommend checking out b7dev.com. And if you tell Heim that Steve sent you, he will absolutely hook you up. Go to b7dev.com. Create cost per click campaigns for mobile apps, games, or product websites with Boost Insider's social AdWords platform. Learn more at BoostInsider.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.co, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And today I've got a phenomenal guest for you. I just read his article. I'm going to link it up into the show notes too on Pocket Gamer. And it is a freaking amazing article. His journey is amazing and success. I'm going to let you tell him, tell, tell you guys about it has been phenomenal as well. They are becoming the premier game developing company in India. The title of this article says how Nuke, Nukebox Studios is building on Food Truck Chef to become the Indian super cell. And so I'm excited to let me introduce the guest to you today. His name is Amit Hardy. He is the CEO of Nukebox Studios and makers of the aforementioned Food Truck Chef, an app you guys have to check out. Amit, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. It's been Amit, wonderful. First Great. off, yeah. let's let's start off with congratulations. Like, tell us about the success. Brag to me a little bit. Pretend we were enemies in high school, <laughs> and now we're meeting for the ten year tw- for twenty years for me <laughs> reunion. Tell me about the success of Food Truck Chef, and then we'll talk about how you got here. Sure. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far, and. Uh, Food Truck Chef is one of those games that uh, has had about close to 5 million downloads in about 100 days. Uh, we've hit a million dollars in revenue in about less than 90 days. It's been one of the top 100 crossing arcade games in about 74 cu- countries in on the App Store mm-hmm. and uh, about 32 countries in you know, uh, Google Play, 102 countries on top grossing casual game, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, it's been on the top charts and been making news. And that's what got uh, as most of the attention that we've been, um, you know, seeing so far. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations on this. The And I kind of want to talk about, it was, oh, the one thing I want to mention before I move to how you got here was it was Best of Google 2017 as well. That's right. Yeah, it won the best game of 2017 on Google Play. Yes. That's awesome. That's really great. Hey, so I want to talk about how you got here because I think, you know, you used to run a company that made apps. And I hear from a lot of people who want to make that transition, you know, from making or marketing apps to then 
obviously producing their own. What do you think, you know, like, how did you get to this point? Sure. So, so we've always been, a, you know, one of those typical work for hire services company, which, you know, we've been doing that for about 12 years now. And, uh, you know, about three and a half years ago is when we realized that, uh, you know, if we are to do something serious about, uh, you know, making a dent in this gaming industry, we, we will have to go all out and build our own IPs. And for that, you know, amongst the founders we discussed, we realized that, you know, one of us has to go all in on this and, you know, just focus purely on product development and so on and so forth. Uh, that's when we actually cut off the cord, you know, take that bold decision, giant leap of faith that, you know, we need to invest time in our own products and experiment with stuff. I see. Uh, I see. And that's how it all began. And uh, interestingly, I mean, in the last three and a half years, we've we've done a lot of experiments. You know, we've you know gone on to you know build about close to fourteen, fifteen titles. And you know, uh, most people get surprised by this that you know we did, we never released any of those games except for Food Truck Chef. Wow. So you know, I was reading the article too. You're talking a little bit more about when you first thought of this going all in, that's ballsy. I love that. But when you first thought of like, you know, all right, we're going to transition into making games. You're thinking differently than you, your approach is right now. What was that thinking? Yeah. So, so it's when, when, when you're in the services business, it's like, you know, I mean, it's a finite amount of business that you can do. So um, like we like, we like to call it the, the, the sweat money, you know, and, and, Gaming is like the drug money. So you you hit one big IP and then you you're you're all in. So so that's basically the philosophy. I mean, if we are to make some serious dent in this, I think uh, you, you'll have to trust your instincts and you know go all in with uh, the products that you believe in. So that's how it is. Was there a mental shift that you had? Sometimes I'm afraid. You know, like for me, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you, transparent. Like I want to make that shift sometimes. There's another company that's in my head that I can't get out of my head, but this company's going well. How do I say no to something that's already going well and then just burn it without like some type of outcome? Like, how do you make that shift? Did you ever think about like, hey, I'm going to sell my shares in that previous company? How do you make that mental shift? So if you if you go with the mentality that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have uh, a safe net. Um, nothing is ever going to happen. So if if you always have a fallback option on something, uh, things will never work out. That's what I realized in my three years of journey. Uh, when we started Nukebox, the, the philosophy was very simple. That, you know, we're going to give it about three, three to four years. Mm-hmm. And in that three to four years, we are going to make the best possible products there are. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll have to figure something out eventually. But then, until then, we were um, all in. I mean, it's it's it's. I've never had a day that you know I had self doubt or uh, you know doubt in terms of the kind of products that we were building. So the philosophy was extremely straightforward that you know we will build great products, and and and, and if we wouldn't have figured this out, I think. We were just not cut out to, you know, do this business perhaps. But then unless you take that giant leap of faith, 
Um, I don't think we will have ever achieve great things in this world. Did you have enough money in the bank to last you the four years? Or were you, were you just kind of like, we have enough for 18 months. We're going to figure this out. Yeah, we just had a finite runway. So okay. we, we, it wasn't that we were going to be burning, uh, you know, infinite amount of money. But then uh, uh, as long as the validation, you know, we had set up, uh, you know, smaller milestones throughout to, you know, uh, validate ourselves and, you know, at least the direction that we were moving in. And in in every possible product that we built, we, we started to validate that. And if those validations, I mean, it works like a gating system, right? I mean, if, if any of these uh, products don't give you that sign of, uh, you know, possibly being, you know, closer to what you were trying to achieve, that's a sign. So I guess you need to be very, very uh, transparent with at least truthful to yourself in terms of the products that you're building in. So if there is any doubt, then I think, you know, you'll have to cut it short and move on to the next. Now, when you were building those 14 apps that, you know, you ended up not releasing, how did you come about building Food Truck Chef? Yeah, so at that point in time, we were uh, experimenting with quite a few ideas. Uh, you know, Food Truck Chef was one of them. Uh, you know, the, the idea was, uh, I mean, we, we, we tended to do a lot of game jams uh, within the studio to, you know, come up with potential ideas and stuff. And at that point in time, we had about close to three games in production. And, you know, um, interestingly, I mean, most of the games, at least in soft launch, we were relying on a lot of data to validate uh, the KPIs and, you know, uh, at least validate the gating system that we were trying to build. Uh, Food Truck Chef particularly had very strong KPIs. So that's when we realized, you know, rather than spreading ourselves too thin with the rest of the titles, might as well just focus and go all in on one product and, you know, build the best possible product out there. What were you doing to get those KPIs? Yeah, so we were, uh, you know, at least uh, in terms of uh, the KPIs, I mean, I mean, the very standard KPIs that we are looking at, uh, we're looking at retention, we're looking at engagement, possibly monetization. And, uh, you know, the, the process is very simple. I mean, very early on, uh, you know, one has to soft launch these products pick a country, you know, choose, acquire the target audience, see how they experience, how they play with the game, the kind of feedback that's coming in. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised with a ton of uh, suggestions and the ideas that come in with the player base. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that helps us tweak the products further. And, you know, I mean, most of the products, when they started off, were not even close to what they are uh, in reality today. So at, at best, they start with experiments and then, you know, they evolve from there. What's the, what country did you pick? Like, how did you go about it? And, you know, a lot of times people talk about soft launching, but they never talk about like, maybe it's all well known. Like, it's obvious. Hello, soft launch, run Facebook ads, drive some traffic towards it. But like, is there anything else that we're missing from going that, like pick a country, maybe the Philippines, you know, like, is there the right country that you guys picked? And then what's been the right, right channel to getting users in that particular country too? So I guess it's a combination of uh, the genre that we're 
focusing on and you know the, the the interest levels of that particular genre in a country so in our case it was philippines as you mentioned mm-hmm. um because it's an english speaking nation and there's a lot of interest in uh cooking you know kind of games and um uh, you know our our persona and demography that we are targeting you know there's pretty much a huge amount of interest there so you know interestingly the uh, you know the first time we ra- ran some uh, cpi campaigns we were profitable in you know the first 24 hours of the game launch wow and that was a sign of how you know things were to come so and we were shocked ourselves i mean our our marketing campaign was just live for 24 hours and uh, our campaign manager comes up to me and we are already profitable with the first campaign that we ran wow. so that yeah, that that was when you know it started you know you know sh- showing signs of things to come now don't tell me if if this is like a secret <laughs> sauce for you but in terms of finding the right channel for growth is it just primarily facebook or are you guys going into ad networks that can you can target with certain countries as well like chartboost or any of these other ad networks so i think to start off with i think if we are in soft launch i think facebook is good enough i think if you can get it right on facebook i think you can get it right on any other network uh but i guess uh, one has to experiment with pretty much uh, all the possible networks out there um so we are at a stage where we are expanding uh to you know all possible ad networks uh, we've just onboarded about uh, about close to four or five and we are looking at expanding that further very cool congratulations on that all right now before the next thing i want to talk about is using a data driven approach because i think that's what you guys kind of figured out i recommend to the listeners definitely go read that pocket gamer article if you haven't done it it's in the show notes definitely read it but one thing i want to talk about is how you use data drip data to like drive product features and everything else but before i do i want to thank my first sponsor boostinsider.com look one thing i'm going to tell you guys is i just did an interview it's going to be put with heidi from boost insider a couple of weeks ago so check out that episode if you haven't heard it but the thing that i remember from that conversation is using different social media networks. So influencer marketing is going to be huge. It's huge. It's a great way to drive downloads at a low cost. But one of the networks that she mentioned that I'm very fascinated by, and I'm going to run a couple of tests on is Tumblr. So she said, hey, we can pay Tumblr influencers to promote an app. And the best way to do it is leverage some type of GIF or meme or video that somebody within our network or anybody YouTube can create for you and then put it on Tumblr and then let it go wild. So the three networks I'm really fascinated by are Tumblr, Reddit, and Snapchat. Like, and I would recommend using Boost Insider. Go check them out if you want to run the Tumblr campaign. It's brand new. It's something that nobody you know, is really talking about. So hopefully not everybody's going to be rushing in and using Tumblr. But I think it's one of those underpriced channels because the obvious ones are obvious. They're going to be at market price or above market price. You got to find the the social media networks that people are not paying attention to to really drive those low cost downloads. So if you want to get started, go check them out. They have an AdWords platform for social media influencers. So you can pick and choose the ones you want to run with and then let it go crazy on there. So it is boostinsider.com. 
boostinsider.com. Look for social AdWords if you want to check out the Tumblr campaign. It is boostinsider.com. All right, Amit. So let's get into the data-driven approach. Do you remember, like, do you have an example of one thing that you tweak? I know in the article you talked about the onboarding process a little bit, but can you walk us through like some things that, some features that you tweaked or something you tweaked by using data? Sure. So I guess one of those uh, experiments was about, you know, uh, we were running very uh bold experiments at that point in time, at least in the soft launch process. And uh, we realized that, you know, the, the progression system of the game was very linear at that point in time. Uh, when I say that, it meant that, you know, we have different locations of, I mean, different food trucks that you unlock. Uh, and then, you know, the progression was like you you unlock one food truck at a time. And we realized that, you know, the, the early funnel looked... Uh, very weak in terms of the transition between the the first and the second food truck. We realized that uh, what if we, you know, make this a non-linear system that, you know, we give the option of unlocking any other food truck. So, so we started measuring all of that. So we realized that the, the, when we ran the test, we were really surprised when we saw that, uh, you know, in the first instance, when it was a linear system, we had about almost, close to 50% of drop-off uh, in between the first and the second food truck. And the moment we made it a non-linear system, I mean, the drop-off was almost negligible or non-existent. So I guess that's one way of using data to experiment, validate if, you know, if, if your, your funnel is working right or not and, you know, how you use it to your advantage. What do you mean by linear, nonlinear? So when I mean, uh, let's say, 50% of the people playing through the game uh, on day five and they transition to the next uh, location, there's a huge drop-off because, you know, you need to buy in. Uh, you need to have game currency to unlock the second location. But then let's say if I give you an option of unlocking the Pizza Street or the Barbecue Street, for example, uh, versus unlocking just the Pizza Street. So, so, so your motivators are based on uh, the location that you get to pick and then unlock. Uh, so, uh. so, so the drop off was very significant when when it was just you know one location at a time, and you know when when we made it non-linear, which is you know we give the option back to the user. Um, you know, the drop-off was non-existent. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. You give give them a little bit of options. Don't give them too many options because then they, they don't know what to choose. But obviously you give them a little bit and then they feel like they're more in control. Do you have another example of where you kind of use data and you really measure the heck out of the game? So we do a lot of A-B testing. So we do a lot of split testing in terms of uh, the creatives. We do a lot of split testing with uh, particular game features. Um, so just to give an example, the the store conversion when we were at soft launch was, I mean, at least the icon, for example, um, we had store conversions of close to 5%. Uh, I mean, when I mean store conversions, it's just people visiting the, the storefront and installing the app. Uh, we ran close to about six different experiments by the time we launched the app. 
and the store conversion improved from being at 5% to 30% at launch. What? So these are yeah. people that you're using like Facebook to drive them to the store presence and then figuring out, okay, how many people are downloading from that click, essentially? No. So a- anybody visiting the store, okay. uh, whether organic or inorganic, uh, number of people seeing the store to hitting the install button, the conversion uh, is was close to 30%. Wow. That's amazing. Do you remember the, like what you guys did or was it the icon? Was it the screenshots that actually led to that growth? So it's a combination of all of those things. Uh, the icons, the screenshots, the, the description, the, so the, so the entire uh, marketing assets basically. Okay, cool. That's a, that's a freaking amazing. And what were you using to A-B test? So, so uh, Google offers, uh, you know, split testing options within the, uh, the store. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes life easy. Uh, we don't really need to plug in, you know, complicated stuff, which I mean, it's, it's very simple and straightforward. Were you, when you were launching the soft launch, did you just go on one platform or did you build out the game for both platforms? So we started off with, uh, so, I mean, we, we had both iOS and Android versions running simultaneously, but then we were relying on, uh, Google. I mean, Android was our, uh, you know, platform of choice because, you know, testing makes it extremely simple and, you know, it gives us a lot of data off the bat. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so, so. You know, if you can solve the the fragmentation problem on Google, you know it's very straightforward and easy to launch an app on iOS. Yeah. So you dif- you do the difficult bit first and the easy bit later. So that's awesome. That's a, that's a really good idea. The w- the the other thing I want to talk about. So you, <laughs> I guess, like, are you ever going to go back to that model of like catch app, like you know? build a bunch of games and all this stuff? Or are you like, hey, no, this is great. Let's stick to what we know and let's continue optimizing Food Truck Chef. Yeah, so so we, we are going to stick to this path now because uh, there's a lot of mistakes we did. We learned a lot of, uh, you know, uh, things. So, so the idea is to uh, replicate the success and, you know, create uh, a portfolio of games that, you know, possibly uh, rank into the, crossing charts so and you know so so if we are seeing that you know there's been a huge amount of learning for us for the last uh, uh one year or so so you know every month we are doing some new experiments so there is no reason why we would go back to the uh the old model or you know model where we would do you know hyper casual extremely light framework games and you know so because that's something that did not work for us so for now, we're just going to stick with this path and experiment. Yeah. The other thing that I want to talk about is as you have grown this company, I know how many people do you guys have now? Like 50 plus? So we're close to 40 now. Nice. Like what have, what have been some of the things that you've learned from a leadership role and being the main person of this company? Well, I think uh, for me as an individual, I think uh, it's it's basically you know data i think data has become so central to us that you know we have this huge uh poster in in our studio it says you know uh in in god we trust for everything else bring bring me data 
So, <laughs> so you know, data has become so central for, for us. Um, and, you know, interestingly, everybody in the studio has aligned themselves with that approach. And it's, it's very interesting to see how people um, have changed their entire thought process in terms of how we build products and the kind of decisions that we take. It, it kind of reflects in the DNA of the studio. So everyone is now aligned to it. So that, I think that's, that for me is a big win. Love it. The, the last thing I want to end with is I know when we started working together, you were like, I was like, this is a freaking amazing topic. Like what kind of research were you guys doing to figure out, okay, food trucks, like that's the, that's the sort of theme that we want to put around this, you know, like, are there anything that we can learn from you guys in terms of making sure you do that proper research and finding the right theme for a particular game? Yeah, I think, you know, if we can, anyone can start with doing a basic SWOT of the kind of games that they want to build. Uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of opportunities if they look closely. And, you know, it, it's very uh, easy to succumb to, you know, already existing, uh, you know, games. And, you know, so th- there's a lot of, uh, you know, clones out there. So don't waste your time in making just another clone, but then just focus on creating a unique experience for your uh, players. And that, that, itself is you know enough for you to create a a, a great product yeah the yeah. was there anything you guys were doing from a research perspective like hey what about this theme was it always when you guys were idea like generating these ideas and doing those game jams was it always a hey, it's a food truck chef like somebody just like hey i know food truck they're getting popular let's just do a food truck theme or were there like real science behind this well so so there's a bit of science behind it so the idea is to kind of identify opportunities and again, kind of themes that don't exist in the market mm. and, you know, possibly look at combinations of already existing uh, trends and, you know, kind of games that people are engaging with and then marry them with, uh, you know, themes that are non-existent. So we realized in our research at that point in time, there was not a single food truck game out there. Uh, so, so we and while we did our research, we realized that you know food truck chefs are and food truck chef uh, food trucks are mainstream, and there is you know not a single game out there which could deliver that experience. And that that was the opportunity that you know we spotted. Yeah. And you yeah. know, so that wasn't enough because we were uh, trying to validate that idea, and eventually we realized that you know the hypothesis was actually true and people started coming back with great reviews and feedback that you know hey we love this game this it, it it's a very unique uh, experience from the rest of the cooking games out there so and that that kind of you know validated our hypothesis i love it what would you say to somebody cuz i i really want to know how to respond to this who creates a game that you're like you know, it's not that much different than what I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, maybe go back to the drawing board. Or I saw somebody who was doing like a crossy road with VR, but like, I'm like, it's not different. Like, it's it's pretty much the same thing. And you just put like one little feature onto it. What do you say to that person? Well, so, so I guess if, if that's the experience that people, you think that there is enough, broad enough target audience for it then go for it. But then if you realize that, you know, you know what, I mean, as the developers of the game, you think it's a great idea, 
but then I'm not too sure if my, you know, users are actually going to love it. Then, you know, that that's the kind of, you know, decision, hard decisions that you need to take. Uh, because everything at that point in time is an hypothesis. So one needs to, you know, you know, call the card and, you know, just, you know, drop the game and the idea if you think, you know, users might eventually not like it because it's just, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's it's going to be very straightforward and easy. For, I mean, if it was such a brilliant idea, right. Crossy Road would have done it themselves, right? I mean, it, it's very easy to create a VR experience for them I mean, for an already ex- hit game. So, and there's a big reason they're not doing that. So, yeah, so there you have the answer. I love it. Amit. Anything else you want to cover before we hit the big finish? No, I guess that's about it. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting uh, journey for us for the next few years. I mean, uh, and a lot of us tell, a lot of them tell us that, you know, uh, we are, you know, uh, so I guess, you know, it's going to be our products. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting journey for us. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, congratulations on everything. It's really, really phenomenal stuff. All right, Amit. So before we hit the big finish, I want to thank my last sponsor, B7Dev.com, longtime sponsor of the show and somebody I really trust. So if you're looking for an app development shop, you kind of got inspired by Amit's story and you want to go build your own app, have a unique spin on it, do some research first, and then go build the app. Go check out B7Dev. They're going to be with you. There are They are startup-friendly, entrepreneur-friendly. They're going to be you with you along the way. If you're just, if this is the first time, there's a lot, a lot that goes to building an app. It's not like a blog where you just hit publish and go. There's a lot of things that you have to do. So you want to work with a company that you can, that can walk you through that entire process from screenshots to app icons to having the right features to all these little things, getting approved by Apple. Google's easy to get approved by, but getting approved by Apple, you need all that. You need somebody you can trust that's not going to screw you at the end, that these are the guys that I trust and I use myself. It is the letter B, the number seven, dev.com, b7dev.com. I mean, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is one app we definitely have to check out? So I guess for me, the one app, I mean, it's not that you need to check it out, but, you know, <laughs> one of my all-time favorites has been uh, Facebook. I think uh, it's, it's, I mean, I know it's cliche, but then, you know, that's that's an example of an app which uses, you know, user-generated content to its fullest and, you know, uh, has a ton of emotions packed into the kind of user experience. And, I mean, from every which way that we look at it, it's just a a brilliant uh, platform that has huge potential. So I guess they've just scratched the surface when it comes to the kind of stuff that it can do. What's the main takeaway that you want the audience to leave with? Sorry, say that again. So what's the main takeaway that you want the audience to learn from this interview or take with them? So I think for me, it's, it's, uh, well, um, you, you have to drink your own poison, drink till it doesn't kill you and, you know, drink till it, you know, gets you high. I think, you know, that's, that's the only thing I can say because i mean when it comes to games um, th- there is a ton of uh, uh, you know suggestions out there a ton of uh, 
people giving advice, but then you have to dive in, you have to do your own experiments and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Love it. And if the audience wants to follow up with you and say thank you for coming on, the website is nukeboxstudios.com, linked up in the show notes. I'm going to link up Amit's Twitter, I mean LinkedIn profile as well. But if you want to send them to anywhere else, Amit, where, where else would they go want to go? Yeah, I'm on uh, Amit Hardy on Twitter. Okay. So that those are the two places, yes. Cool. What's your Twitter handle? Amit Hardy. So Amit it's, yeah, A-M-I-T-H-A-R-D-I. Cool. I will link that one instead of the LinkedIn one. So go check out Amit on Twitter. And if you found, if you got anything out of this, find a way to thank the guest publicly. Tweet at him and say, Amit, that was a freaking amazing interview like I'm about to do now. Amit, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thanks, Steve. It's brilliant. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.